What's up, everybody? Ryan Satin here. Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. Oh, boy, what a roundup it was. I have a feeling I'm going to have a lot to say in this one. So much happened throughout the night, and there was stuff that I loved all across the board. Yes, you know what? Before I get to all that, yes, to answer your question, because I know it is the thing that is burning in your mind right now if you listen to these podcasts, I know the, the answer is yes. I'm clearly feeling much better. My voice is about 80% back in action, I think, which is pretty good for me. I think my 80% is like a normal person's 50%. So we're, we're, we're good to go. I'm, I'm killing it. Uh, uh, did I do the right math there? My 80% is... I said 50%. Excuse me. My 80%... Is someone's 100%. That's why I do not do math, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I caught myself after I said that because that would have burned in my brain all week. That terrible, (laughs) terrible math. It's not what you came here for, though. I know you didn't come here to hear me do mathematics. That's if you did, you're on. You're listening to the wrong podcast because that's definitely not what I'm going to be talking about. Now, backtracking a little bit. Yes, last week I was super sick, so uh, I I didn't record a new episode of Out of Character. I'm sorry. That's the bad news. The good news, however, is that today we filmed and recorded the first annual WWE on Fox Fans Choice Awards. Fan Choice Awards, as voted by you, the people who follow WWE on Fox on social media, which I have a feeling you do if you listen to this podcast, but if you don't, you what are you doing? Go follow them. Then you would have been involved in the awards. You could have voted, but I'm guessing, I have a feeling you saw them. I hope that you guys voted in some of them because it was a really fun show that we filmed, that we recorded that whatever people get mad when I say film, it's like Ryan. It's not on film anymore, but it, it's just like a term, okay? Uh, we, we we recorded it at the lot today. It's gonna drop this Friday on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Also, we're gonna be spreading out the posts of the winners on social media as well. That'll go over the next few days once the show drops. So make sure you are checking it out this Friday, the first annual WWE on Fox. Fans Choice Awards, categories like male and, male and female superstar of the year, match of the year, workhorse of the year, swaggiest superstar of the year, who had the best social media presence, out of character, guest of the year, and a bunch more. So make sure that you guys watch it. It's super fun. It'll also be in this podcast feed as well. So make sure you check it out this Friday. I'm super, super excited about it. And I promise next week we'll have another brand new out of character. I promise you that. I can promise you that. I'm no longer sick. I am clearly hyped up. I rested enough last week. I have a lot of energy stored up. So now let's do this. Let's get to Monday Night Raw, which began with Paul Heyman welcoming everyone to Raw in a backstage video. And the camera pans down to Roman, who says Monday Night Raw the home of Kevin Owens, the home he continually tries to leave to enter the island of relevancy. Rain says that KO is going to need more than John Cena, though. 
He's going to need the entire Raw locker room to have his back tonight because Kevin has interfered in his business a little too much. And tonight he plans to make his life a living hell. Now the footage then cuts to the Usos, Sami Zayn, and Solo Sokoa backstage holding their own camera and already in full attack mode on poor Mustafa Ali. (laughs) Mustafa Ali. Always getting beaten down. He's always the brunt of everyone's beatdown. Poor Mustafa Ali. Now, we're going to get to this. I really, really, really enjoyed this show, and this was a part of it. <coughs> and this is a running theme throughout the night. Most likely, you watched the show. But I really loved the urgency of Monday Night Raw this week. I really, I really liked how the pace just never stopped. It never relented. Something was always happening. And it felt chaotic. There was chaos. There was stuff happening. It was moving here. It was moving there. Hey, I need you. But no, I need you. Whoa, whoa. There's just, there was so much going on that my ADD brain was lit up for three hours. And I really, really enjoyed that. Just because my voice is feeling better does not mean I'm not going to drink water while we're talking. Because I'm going to fall into the same trap of last week where... I think I'm doing fine, and then all of a sudden, by the end of the show, uh, my voice is all scratchy, and I can barely talk. That's not going to happen today, I promise, Uh, but let's get to this first match, because, oh man, this is where things really, like, okay, so first we get the tag match, right? So we know the bloodline, they're backstage, they're running rampant, I'm going to give more thoughts on it as that progresses, but after that, we had uh, Street Profits. With Akira Tozawa versus Judgment Days, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. Now, mid-match here, we do cut into the bloodline attack. We see the Usos once again beating people down backstage. And one of them is poor Andre Chase from NXT. I saw he tweeted that this is what happens when he lets everyone go on winter break from, from Chase University, which made me laugh. Um, I, I guess he was, I think he was there for main event, uh, so I don't think this is like a call-up or anything like that, but if you watch NXT, it was a nice little, wait, hey, I know who's being beaten down right there, what's going on? Um, and then I, I couldn't tell if the other one was supposed to be Elias, but they had the guitar, and they were using the guitar, and they, they, uh, used the guitar to, to hurt someone. So, then, to go into commercial break right after that. Uh, Priest hits this awesome-looking pounce on Montez Ford where they're in the ring, but it knocked Ford over the top rope to the outside. I thought it looked really, really awesome. Uh, Then Priest also, another cool spot where Priest hit a south of heaven on Dawkins, but right when he lands, Montez Ford just sandwiches him down after hitting a little twisting frog splash. Both of those things looked really cool. Montez Ford is just so athletic, you know, just flinging himself over the top rope, flying around doing frog splashes from every angle. Uh, The guy is just money and also really felt like you could see here that Dawkins and Ford have both gotten in phenomenal shape. Like they were already in good shape before, don't get me wrong, Uh, but they've somehow like even gotten in even more phenomenal shape uh i feel like ford is even bulking up a little bit uh dawkins going without the top just because he's looking so fresh 
got to give those guys credit, man. Uh, I, <laughs> as I was watching the show later in the night when I, when Theory and Rollins were in the ring, <laughs> I, I tweeted something like, man, it would be so cool to not have to wear a shirt all the time because you have abs. <laughs> and so to get closer to that point where you don't have to worry about wearing a shirt, always cool. And you got to give people their proper credit for it because, man, that takes effort. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I shouldn't say couldn't. I could. I. I don't make me. <laughs> don't make me, and don't don't pass this clip to my wife. Okay. So then, uh, Tazawa uh, eventually uh, tosses some water that was in the Street Profits cup at Dominic's face, which distracted Balor and allowed Montez to get the roll up victory. But all right. So here's where things. Uh, this is where business picks up, ladies and gentlemen. As Street Profits celebrate on the ramp, Rhea Ripley just angrily approaches them, slaps Tozawa for his involvement, and then challenges him to a match in the ring as we were left with the big cliffhanger going into commercial. Will Rhea Ripley have an actual match with Akira Tozawa? And when we return, we see the Street Profits Hyping Tozawa up to get in the ring for the match, saying he's got that dog in him. And there's a referee there. We have a match, ladies and gentlemen. Rhea Ripley versus Akira Tozawa. Now, you know, it's not like this has never happened in Raw history before. But this was different than what we've seen in the past. Now, granted, Tozawa is conflicted. Doesn't want to punch a woman. Can't bring himself to punch Rhea Ripley. So she hits him with a massive big boot, stomps a mud hole in his ass, forearms the hell out of him in the back of the head. Uh, he slowly seems like he's going to fight back by trying to reverse a suplex, but she pulls it out and hits it herself. Finally, though, Tazawa reverses a powerbomb that takes Rhea out of the ring and then begins to hit a dive through the ropes, but Finn grabs his legs. So this allows Rhea to go for the riptide. But Tozawa reverses out of it. And now we've actually got action going on between the two where they're they're actively wrestling uh, against each other, one trying to beat the other. Uh, Tozawa reverses out of the riptide. Ripley runs towards the corner and hits her shoulder when Tozawa moves. Uh, Akira goes for the top rope senton. But then Rhea moves and hits the riptide for the win. Okay. I loved this i loved this and i've been thinking you know so we had uh rhea ripley versus akira tozawa we had an actual intergender match take place on wwe programming it's a baby step yes look it it's a baby step i realize that it's a baby step that it's something that was not a full-blown just you know physical contest from beginning to end where we have punching from the guy to the girl whatever man they still told an entertaining story that's what i like they told an entertaining story in the ring with each other and that was dope i think that rhea ripley is someone who i want to see wrestle everyone not just women everyone because I think that Rhea Ripley has such a screen presence. Someone that you cannot take your eyes off of when they're on the TV. And I don't think it should be limited to one division. I think Rhea Ripley is someone who clearly 
can handle her business with any gender that she would please. And so I actually think this should be the start of a build towards Rhea Ripley having a full-blown intergender match at WrestleMania against... I hope that drum roll comes through. Rey Mysterio. Rhea Ripley versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. I tweeted, I said, what's the most WrestleMania-worthy intergender match that could take place that could take place at WrestleMania 39? I had so many responses. There were some good ones. Uh, but Cam, who was a at routine pain, said Rhea versus Rey, and I'm not gonna steal his credit because that's a great idea. It would make all the sense in the world that based on everything that Rhea Ripley has done to Ray and his family, that if there's one person who's going to be willing to punch Rhea Ripley in the face, no questions asked, has that ammo in the can. It's Rey Mysterio, dude. We all think it's going to be maybe Rey versus Dom at WrestleMania. I want to see the flip side. Rey Mysterio versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And you start having Rhea do intergender matches in the build-up to it. Starting now. Starting with this. She got her first taste of blood. And now she's just going to start calling people out. Start calling people out. She keeps winning. She keeps beating people. She keeps racking up wins. And finally... Rey Mysterio steps up to the challenge. Come on, that would be a huge, memorable thing that could go down. Rhea Ripley versus Rey Mysterio. Book it at WrestleMania. I want to see it. Great call, Cam, at Routine Pain. Next, Adam Pierce is seen uh, freaking out backstage about various things, as Adam Pierce tends to do. And he says that he and Lashley spoke and it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when he'll return to monday night raw mvp then approaches him asking for a word but pierce gets pulled away by a ref for something more important and when we return we see cedric alexander shelton benjamin and dolph ziggler as the latest victims of the bloodlines attack i just like my spidey senses they go crazy here what can i call them my satin senses that doesn't sound right Feels real egotistical. I don't like it. I'm already moving away from it. <laughs> but we got a segment where, and we're talking about Lashley. He says that he met with Lashley. Then MV approaches MVP approaches him, and then we immediately see Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Come on, it's happening. It's happening. These little things aren't as subtle in the Triple H. I mean, they're subtle, which I like, in the Triple H era. But we all know what these subtleties are leading towards. <laughs> and I think this subtlety is leaning towards the return of the Hurt Business. I know I've said it a bunch on here. But I do feel like that's what this is all leading towards. And I'm pumped on it, dude. Uh, obviously, this wasn't you know something that got me super pumped. Because it's it was, it was nothing actually been happening there but just the little pieces you can see these little pieces in place you can see them just kind of being checkered along um and i just think that this is gonna be cool and and i and i and i i do think that it's gonna be brock lesnar versus bobby lashley one more time at wrestlemania 
But now it's Hurt Business Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay, uh, the OC versus Alpha Academy. This was a solid match that saw the OC pick up the win after hitting the magic killer on Chad Gable. Um, you know, in a show that was so packed with great action, uh, it's funny how something this good still doesn't get like some giant praise heaped on it. But it was a very entertaining match. My only real... My only, I guess, criticism, I don't know if it's criticism, my only, like, note here, <laughs> like, I'm anyone to be giving notes here, but, like, from a viewer perspective, um, I think I would have liked to have seen Carl Anderson's recent return to Japan highlighted a little more here, personally. I felt like, you know, he's been posted on social media, he could have done a cool video, it would have made everyone kind of pop if there was some New Japan footage shown on Raw. Um, so yeah, that's my really, like, only, like, qualm here. I would have liked a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of emphasis placed on it to show that we've got a guy in Carl Anderson who's working in Japan for another company, uh, you know, when he's got some free time. I think that's worth highlighting on Monday Night Raw just for a second. I know, I know what you're going to say, Ryan, that's not... It's not what they do, but they also don't usually have people that are pulling double duty like that. And and we're showing, you know, that this is a different era. We're talking about pro wrestling more. Michael Cole can mention other companies on commentary. I think that you can do a cool little video of Carl Anderson in Japan. So as the OC celebrated their win, they got attacked from behind by the Bloodline, who dished out a couple 1Ds. Now... We're going to talk about the Bloodline segment next. We're going to talk about everything that happens with uh, Miz, Dexter Loomis, uh, Alexa Bliss, Seth Rollins in theory, which was fantastic, and the main event, Becky Lynch and Bailey before that. But first, let's do a quick commercial break. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know... You're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Okay, so after the break, the bloodline stood in the ring waiting for security to take them out. 
<clears throat> and then when we return from the commercial, oh, excuse me, before the commercial break, the bloodline are waiting for, for security to take them out. But when we return from the commercial break, the Usos remind Pierce that they run this. And Sammy explains that the people love the Usologist, so they're not holding up the show. And then Sammy says, what you've seen tonight is a small taste of what you'll see on December 30th when he and the tribal chief take on Kevin Owens and John Cena. Don't forget, December 30th, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. It's going to be a huge, huge show. Can't miss episode. Super hyped about the return of John Cena for one night. For one night on SmackDown. Well, they haven't said one night. Who knows? But I have a feeling he's probably not back. Anyways, the Usos drop their catchphrases and finally leave the ring on their own. Before they can leave and get backstage, however, AJ Styles sucker punches the bloodline and the group is taken away. Styles is then shown arguing with Pierce backstage and begging for a match with Sammy, which he gets. Like I said, I'm a child of, uh, I, I, first of all, I have ADD. Like I said, I have ADD, my brain's all over the place, bing, bang, boom, I like stuff happening. But, you know, I also grew up as a child in the Attitude Era. I know, I sometimes sound like a broken record in saying that, but in my day, there were times when Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing something similar to this, and he was in like every segment of the show, and it absolutely ruled. And this was very familiar of that. Uh, the times that the Usos are on uh, the, uh, on the microphone or talking to the camera backstage while beating up some superstar with Sami Zayn by their side, uh, doing his Sami Zayn thing. It was it was fun. It was chaotic. It had you excited. It kept the pace of the show up. It made you feel like this was can't-miss television. It felt dangerous. It didn't feel like this like this throwaway thing. It felt like these intense dudes who were coming to beat everybody up, and I liked it. And when they're in the ring talking about how they run this and they don't care about the authority trying to uh, get them out of the ring, it just makes them look like such badasses. Byron Saxton uh, sits down for an interview with Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss after that. When asked about what happened after last week with the Fiend stuff, Alexa says she's really not sure she can explain what's going on. She says Bray Wyatt abducted her and turned her into a dark, evil version of himself and then left her broken and abandoned with trust issues. Then therapy turned her into a shell of her former self, but she's still been trying to work through everything, and the friendship she had with Asuka and Bianca made her feel stronger. Bianca says that she sympathizes with Alexa, but has a hard time believing Alexa doesn't know how that happened. Alexa tells her to stop making all this about Bray Wyatt because this is her moment, and then tries to remind Bianca that she was winning titles way before Belair was even in the WWE. Byron then thanks them for their time, and as that happened, as that happens, uh, the Wyatt logo flashes on the screen behind Alexa. Uh oh, she then smashes a vase over Bianca's head and walks off as Byron Saxton asks her why. Uh, dude, this was cool. This was dope. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when Bianca's laying on the floor. 
passed out and you can only see the feet, you can see Lily, the Lily doll, standing behind the chair, kind of creeping out too, which was uh, super sketch, nice touch. And I gotta say, like, I'm intrigued to see what these what they're gonna do with Alexa and and, and Bray Wyatt. I went back and listened to what she had actually said because I didn't want to take her too out of context. It was what she had said was that when Bray was gone, actually, that she had tried to go even darker with the character, but then they ended up doing the therapy and all that kind of stuff. And she said that she had pitched a, a an idea for a, a different kind of Lily doll, and you know, it had been the mock up had been made of it. Um, and I'm wondering if that's kind of like the where this Lily doll is going to go now that we see it almost looks possessed and is standing up behind the couch with a mind of its own for real now. Um, but I just, I just think that... I think that I like all the Bray Wyatt stuff. I felt like it's very different than what he was doing before. And I definitely believe that we need some closure to whatever was going on between them at WrestleMania. So why not? Why not? I'm into it. I think Alexa Bliss did need something else as well. Um, you know, she says it in the in the segment that the therapy turned her into a shell of her former self and to some degree um there's some there's some truth to that where I think that she did feel lost in what her character had become. She was this dark, evil version of herself when before she had been this very different character. Coffee drinking, you know, to, basic character. Not, I, I, I mean basic as in she used those words to describe herself. So like basic as in the slang term of it, not like a basic character. But I think basic was kind of Alexa Bliss's whole evil like kind of like bitchy basic girl was her thing who liked coffee <laughs> or you know whatever but um i think there's there is more that you can get out of this you can dive deeper down the rabbit hole so to speak and i think this is ultimately going to be cool now don't get me wrong i had issues with the previous storyline involving alexa bliss and bray wyatt person who was the creative force behind that is no longer the creative force behind this and i think that the people are the people who are working on this creatively want to see it succeed in the coolest way possible so i'm excited to see where this is going i think that the heel turn from alexa worked perfectly she needed to turn heel um and i think that this was a good way of doing it even if it's you know this the dark Alexa who turned heel, whoever is being mind controlled by Bray Wyatt again. It's also going to be interesting to see how they do this Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss storyline when Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss are on two completely different brands. That's going to have to be worked out somehow as well. Next, The Miz versus Dexter Loomis in a ladder match for a bunch of money. Uh, while Loomis was out of commission, Miz beat Gargano down around the ring. Loomis... Finally woke up, though, and put Miz down on the announce table. Then went up for a leg drop from the top of the ladder and missed. Miz went to climb the ladder, but Loomis woke up and met him on there. Then tossed <clears throat> excuse me, then tossed Miz off the side of the ladder. As Loomis seemed poised to win, however, Bronson Reed made his WWE debut and took Loomis out 
then hit him with a splash from the top rope and helped Miz win his money back by pulling it down from above the ring. Dude, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Bronson Reed is one of those guys who I was so bummed we never got to see what his main roster run would have looked like. The dude is a beast. The guy's a killer. There's so many people I want to see him wrestle against. He has proven that it was a mistake since it happened. Uh, you know, went to another company, has continued to be successful. And now that he's back in WWE, man, I couldn't be more excited because the guy is brimming with talent. I saw some people saying like, oh, he just beat Okada and now he's Miz's right-hand man. Uh, what's wrong with that? The dude was making money while he, after he got fired, living out his dream of wrestling in Japan. Now he gets to come back and rewrite the wrong that happened the first time and make a bunch of money doing it. Give the guy some love. I don't want to clap too loudly. There's people in my house who are sleeping. But uh, <laughs> uh, give the guy some love, man. Like, why would anyone complain about that? Get that bag. Get that dream, dude. This is clearly a dream of the guys. The guy wanted to be on Monday Night Raw. People forget that other people have dreams that they chase. And when those dreams don't happen, they don't just say, well, F that dream. They store it away. They work hard. They come back for it. So I like this. My only... My only... Uh, what's the right word? If I was going to give this a hit or a, you know, a hit and miss. Hit. Bronson Reed comes back. Miss. That this feud is not over yet. Because I get the vibe that this feud is still not over. And it needs to be over. Because I have seen a lot of people on social media that have been much harder than me about it. That feel like it has run its course. Now I know that's tough because Dexter Loomis doesn't talk. So if you're this deep in a storyline with him. When you just end it. You got to figure out. A whole new thing where he's not going to be speaking again. That's tough. I genuinely, per I genuinely believe that it's got to be tough to write for that character when they can't talk. However, um, I just really feel like Johnny Gargano is really getting hurt in all of this. Now, hopefully, this means we're going to get you know some Johnny Gargano versus Bronson Reed. Great, that sounds awesome. Loomis versus Bronson Reed, awesome. Um, tag between the four, four of them, cool. I just think that the storyline that's been built up here has has run its course, and and I was hoping that this would be the actual end of it. So to see that it wasn't um, makes me think that maybe it's going to last till Royal Rumble. I just don't see the legs. I don't know if it has the ability to last that long. We will see. Hopefully, Bronson Reed bringing new life into it will change things up. Maybe just a tad bit. All right, now. Excuse me. I hate doing that. I hate doing that so much. It just felt right when I took that sip. I also, the dead air, I'm by myself. So if I take a sip and there's dead air, I feel like I need to instantly come back with a sound. Here, watch. Let me try it quieter. Let me see.
Did you think I left the room? I didn't. I was only taking a sip of water. Okay, Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. Uh, AJ hit some moonsault into a reverse DDT on the outside that looked brutal. I just always like when AJ Styles wrestles another indie legend. It feels like he says to them, do you want to get a little crazy for old times' sake? And they all get this little, like, guilty smile on their faces and they get all energized to remind everyone of just how good they are because when you got AJ against a guy like Sami Zayn there's just always a little extra oomph to everything a little bit a little bit of spice a little bit of extra spice sprinkled about uh and I think that I don't know I don't know if it's because they have you know all this experience together or if it's similar styles or what but you can always just see when when AJ Styles is like, yeah, this guy looks like he would have done good in the X Division. Let's tear it up. You know, <laughs> you always you always can kind of like see that in a match like this. At one point, Solo Sokoa makes his entrance through the crowd. And just as AJ Styles is preparing for the phenomenal forearm, Sokoa distracts him. AJ then hits him on the outside and gets back into it with Sami Zayn. But while the ref's back is turned, Solo hits the Samoan spike on AJ, then pushes him back into the ring so Sammy can hit the Blue Thunderbomb for the win. What a dope match. This is one of those things where I'm like, man, we're just getting treated with AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn like it's no big deal? What the hell? And furthermore, can we talk about the fact that Sami Zayn won a match with the Blue Thunderbomb? I feel like that hasn't happened in years. I don't hate it whatsoever. Let's bring back that blue thunder bomb. Bring it back to prominence. I remember it basically never won, so he started going back to the Haluba kick. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of the blue thunder bomb. I love when he does it. More pins for Sammy with the blue thunder bomb, please. Next, Seth Rollins comes out and says. He knows the bloodline hasn't quite come for him tonight, but he wants them to give a message to Roman Reigns. Mondays don't belong to the tribal chief. They belong to Seth Rollins. Theory then comes out next and says that Seth owns nothing because the U.S. title is the top prize on Raw. And that can only mean one thing. The champ is here. Okay. Okay, pause. We're going to get to this whole segment. We're going to get to Seth and everything they say back to each other. But let's pause here. Let's do a quick, brief aside. To me, with John Cena coming back uh, on, on the December 30th SmackDown, Friday night SmackDown on Fox, make sure you're watching it. With John Cena coming back there, that's kind of why I paused myself earlier when I was like, one night only, because I feel like it's not one night only. I think we're going to see John Cena in this match, of course, obviously, and I feel like he's going to get announced for the Royal Rumble, and I feel like we're going to get an interaction between John Cena and Theory in the Royal Rumble and I do think now that we're going to get a match between Theory and John Cena at WrestleMania. Now, I know before you're like, Ryan, you just said that about Gunther. No, it's not what I I don't think that's what I said. I said, I believe I said that's what I want to see. But I think that's what we're going to see is Austin Theory versus John Cena. 
Triple H has done a really good job of tying up loose ends and making sense of things. He's pulling all these strings together. I, I, I posted a picture of Doc Brown from Back to the Future where he's explaining how alternate timelines can be created and how he, they need to go back to, to fix the past. They need to fix all these things so they get back on the right timeline. Uh, it, it, you know, Triple H has very much been trying to fix the WWE timeline. He's like the TVA of WWE where he's just he's been given a uh, just a mess of continuity errors and he's like nope we're fixing them all and I think that the plan was already to build towards a possible John Cena versus Theory match at Wrestlemania we had seen little teases for it but I think that Triple H wants Theory to get made at Wrestlemania against his hero and that's partly why they got the money in the bank off of him. They got him to be more of a serious competitor. And now he gets to wrestle a dope match with his his absolute number one idol in life and get the pin over him. That's what I that's where I think this is going. That's what I think is gonna happen. And I don't think he's gonna be US champion at that point. But maybe he will be. We'll see. Could work either way. All right, let's unpause. On a side, let's get back into this segment. Uh, Theory says that whether Seth likes it or not, he's going to pass the torch to him. Otherwise, he'll have to pry it from his his cold, dead hands. Then says Rollins has just been lucky his whole career. But Rollins fires back asking why he's so angry. Um, basically says that as long as, uh, Seth says, as long as I'm here, you will never be me. Theory says he sees right through Seth. How many times have they given you the ball and you fumbled it? He refers Seth as the third most successful superstar to come out of the shield. And Seth eventually loses it, challenging Theory to put the title on the line right now. And as this starts happening, the Usos arrive ringside because of Seth's earlier comments. And they stalk the ring while Rollins goes to fight them. Theory says, uh-uh, leaves and let's Rollins fight this one alone. The Usos then smirk and take him two on one. But Kevin Owens' music hits and he makes his way to the ring. Owens and Rollins take out both Usos and stand tall in the ring. But Pierce and company once again come out to stop the Usos to get some damn order in this show. Uh, Rollins and Owens then challenge them to a tag match later. And Pierce makes it official. This was a hot segment. This was something that just sizzled. Like, felt like Theory looked great. You know, like, you know, I think that... No, do I think that it was like one of the best promos of all time? No. Do I think that he held his own with one of the top guys in the industry on the microphone? Absolutely. And that says a lot. You need opportunities like that in order to become one of the top mic guys in the industry. And I think that Theory had some good zingers, whether they were his own or written for him, whatever. Um, they, they had some good lines. He looked confident, and he looked like he belonged. Now, I do think it's interesting how much they're limiting Theory on the shows since he became the, the, the United States champion. You'll see him in like one segment now. But I don't have the numbers. I don't have the mindset that they're going by with it. 
But I do think that if you're going to say something like the champ is here, that this is you know, have, have him say something like the champ is here and act like it's his show. I think you got to see him in more than just one segment. So uh, a win for everyone involved, though. I felt as though the whole segment was was popping. Things were happening. I was laughing. I was like, ooh, ah, oh, damn, okay. Doing all those uh, reactions while watching. And then the stuff that happened at the end where the Usos kind of came out, I wasn't expecting it. Should have been. Kevin Owens coming out, always good. Just happy to be seeing Kevin Owens booked in this fashion again. Yes, I know. I'm not saying like he was terribly booked, terribly weak or anything. He just wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. But still, to see this killer Kevin Owens again coming out is something that makes me very, very happy. All right. After that, Becky Lynch versus Bailey. Wait, quick water swig. I'm not going to make the noise. Hold on. Oh, did I do it? Oops. Okay, anyways, Becky Lynch versus Bailey took place after that. There was a cool spot here where Becky hit a diamond dust out of the corner, but Bailey kicked out. The fight then spilled to the outside, and both Dakota and Io got kicked out of the ringside area by the referee. Dakota gets on the apron angrily, and Becky hits her, which caused Dakota to fall into the ring. While Becky and the ref had their attention on Dakota, Bailey ran in. Uh-oh. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) I was trying so hard to finish that sentence so I could just get it out. Apologies. Uh, Bailey ran in and hit Lynch with a title belt from behind, then hit her finisher and got the pin. I think that this was an entertaining match. I was kind of surprised that this wasn't the main event of the show. I felt, based on how things getting had been built up beforehand, that this was going to be the main event of the show. And because it wasn't the main event of the show, it did kind of uh, it did kind of deflate some of the excitement for some reason because you suddenly knew it was going to be shorter than you had expected, and it was going to be uh, there were going to be some sort of shenanigans. However. Just seeing Bailey and Becky Lynch wrestle each other is so cool. It's such a treat. Two women who undoubtedly helped change the game in WWE for women, who helped bring the women to the to to a the same playing field as the men. Where you know there was there's there's well I shouldn't say the same. There's obviously still a discrepancy, but like. A difference, you know, however many you know men compared to women that are on the show. But Triple H really has, uh, in the time that he's been there, really changed that. Multiple matches involving women and men on the show. Not just one, not just one segment or something like that. So, um, I, I'd have to do the math there on that one. But you guys get what I'm saying. They have really helped make a difference in WWE. Made things better for women and there's so much history involving the four horse women so just anytime you get to see two of them in a match together especially two that get along right now it's very cool next i love i love this next part seth rollins and ko talking backstage rollins asks why they he's like why why did we stop tagging and ko has to remind him that seth got jealous of his wrestlemania plan and tried to steal it from him Seth pretends to not remember, but Kevin says it doesn't matter. Tonight is just about beating the hell 
out of the bloodline. One of those things that I love about WWE right now is that Kevin Owens is the only person who seems to watch the show that he is on afterwards, sees what people said when he wasn't in the segments, and he also remembers what happened on the shows. He remembers what people said to him on TV. And it's one of those things that just always makes me laugh because for so long it almost felt like these people just don't watch the show they're on or don't remember and they just get over some, you know, blood rivalry to have a random tag match and you're like what they hate each other i thought but the fact that kevin owens is the guy who never forgets is fantastic all right let's wrap this up with the main event the usos versus seth rollins and kevin owens near the end of the match solo sokoa made his way to ringside but got removed from the equation by the oc and seth rollins seth rollins then gets taken out by austin theory while the ref's attention was elsewhere. Kevin Owens continued to fight alone after and eventually hit the pop-up powerbomb to get the win for his team. As Owens celebrated, Sami Zayn attempted to creep up behind him for a sneak attack, but KO quickly caught it and stared him down. He then took off his wrist tape ready for a fight, but Sami dipped out to stand with the bloodline as the show came to a close. All right. Great main event. Love these guys all wrestling together. I mean, yes, we've seen Owens and the Usos fairly recently. Yes, the Usos have are probably starting to lose a little bit too much while holding the titles. But I do think that the cracks are starting to uh, show in their tag title reign. And I don't know how much longer they're going to be holding those belts for. I don't know who they're going to wrestle, though. I, I don't know yet. I, nothing immediately comes to mind for, you know, who they're going to wrestle at WrestleMania or who the team even is to dethrone them. But I do think, I do think it'll happen there. I just, I just don't, I just don't know with who. Uh, but for now, I, I do think it'd be nice to maybe stop having the Usos lose so much. However, Owens is in the middle of being rebuilt again, built back up to someone who could properly face off against the Tribal Chief, which I'm guessing is going to happen at Royal Rumble. So, um, because of that, uh, he needs the win here. He, he absolutely needs the win here. More than Rollins, even. Kevin Owens needs that win. And I really, man, I'm, I'm so excited for this tag match. December 30th, Friday Night SmackDown, Kevin Owens and John freaking Cena against Sami Zayn. And Roman Reigns. It's going to be a big show. December 30th on Friday Night Smackdown. Make sure that you are watching it. Okay. I think I made it. My voice uh, lasted through. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed Monday Night Raw. If you didn't. Well, I meant, excuse me. (laughs) If you did. uh, But if you disagreed with me or anything like that. Hit me up on social media. At Ryan Satin. Let me know what you guys think. If there's a take you don't agree with, let me know. I'm on there. Just just feel free to let me know. I'll try not to roast you too hard. But I would like to know what you do and don't agree with. Let me know what you agree with, too. You can let me, you can let me know that part, too. And then it'll be a more cordial conversation. Uh, but, yeah, go make sure you do that. Also, if you're here in the podcast feed and you're not already subscribed, do that as well so that you get this, this show 
the SmackDown Roundup, out of character, and whatever else that we have going on, it's going to be here in this podcast feed. Stuff like the first annual WWE on Fox Fan Choice Awards, which is this Friday. This Friday premiering on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel in the morning, but it'll also be here in this podcast feed. So subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to everything. (laughs) No, but really, subscribe. Just subscribe. Also, go follow WWE on Fox on social media. Uh, what am I leaving out here? Am I leaving anything out? You guys know. Just also, hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating. Uh, if you leave a review, there's a good chance I'm going to read it here on the podcast too. So make sure you leave your name or something so I know who's leaving it and I can shout you out as well. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin and this has been a Raw Roundup.